I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Gather around the campfire, everyone. It's time for The, the Connor, Connor and Smith Show. Tell us a story. Today we're going to be talking to Abby Ibarra about indigenous folklore. Um, we, we delve into a whole bunch of different uh, categories, and we love Abby. It's always great to talk to him. Uh, he was on season one as well. Go check out his episode about his life in uh, season one. And we want him to write a book. We do want him to write a book. Um, so we will be right back. From award-winning journalist and author, Michael Lee Pope, The Ghosts of Alexandria. His spellbinding book tells of historical intrigue, the brutal beginnings of a port city, romances that end in tragedy, restless spirits like the tomb of the female stranger who's said to haunt Gadsby's tavern, and the three falling ghosts of the Carlisle House. Explore the supernatural journey of the ghosts of Alexandria, available at ArcadiaPublishing.com. For generations, people in Fairfax, Virginia have heard tales of the Bunny Man. Now, Bunny Man Brewing offers a tasty array of high-quality microbrews with a rotation of unique flavors. Come by to have a sample and maybe even catch a glimpse of the legendary hopper. But bring a friend, because you don't ever want to drink alone. Check our hours and see what's on tap at BunnyManBrewing.com. Good, good evening. <laughs> Whatever time it is. Hey, it's morning and evening someplace. <laughs> I, I'm still jet lagged from California, so I'm, I don't know where I'm at. Well, welcome, Abby. Good to have you back. Yes, thank you for inviting me back. Yes, yeah, so how have you been? I've been good. I, the first part of the month, I, I had a, a respiratory infection, and I got rid of that, and I went back to California and, and played music all week, and then came home. Oh wow! I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, yeah. My 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 voice was strong. I was hitting all the highs that I was afraid I wasn't going to hit, and it was good. It was really what, good. I what really part of California? Uh, Sacramento, California. I used to live there, and I some of the guys I've played with as long as 40 years. We've been playing not continuously, but I, we started playing 40 years ago. So we had our reunion and our retirement. Some of the guys are getting. Uh, to the point where they can't play music anymore, but I'm still going to play because I hired a bunch of young guys to play with me, and they want to keep learning. So I'm going to I'm going to play with the young guys. Oh, great! <laughs> um, Abby, we're joined also by our producer Ryan. Say hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> Hello, Ryan. Hi, Abby. Um, so we're in this second season where we've been talking a lot about. Uh, local like folklore different uh kind of fall creepy kind of things and i kept coming up uh finding all of these different native american tales um from this area and beyond that were uh kind of of interest um and i just kind of wanted made me want to talk to you about them and see if if you had heard uh of, of some of them or knew of some that i did not um and and since you, and when you introduced that idea to me, I, I thought about it for a while, and I go, 
what am I going to talk about? And then I realized I do know some stories of my own, not necessarily from this area, but I've heard of stories in this area. Oh, great. But I, but I also wanted to say uh, a, a kind of like a, um, a little piece before we get into those actual, the lore stories. And that is that you have to imagine the native people, the indigenous people of North America and South America, we've been here for thousands and thousands of years before the colonizers came, right? Right. So, so we saw everything the earth has to offer. Uh, many of the creation stories of, of, of you know thousands of years ago, they talk about star beings coming in and bringing stuff. So some of the creation stories say that we, we come from the star beings who landed here and gave us life. So there's some really interesting stuff that goes on here. So you have to imagine, so we've seen all the things that go on in, 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 in the earth and that's the, the spirit world people, the people who didn't quite make it across. So we see their spirits and we've interacted with the good powers and the bad powers, or some people would say, are you a good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> so we, we've talked, we've seen all that has to offer. So when you add on the, 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 the new part of history, which would be the new, the new testimony of this country would be when the, when the Christians came and everything became dark and evil, right? That's bad. And, and so, but we've seen it all and we've learned to live with it. And there's songs and there's stories about that world that everybody's fascinated about, especially this time of year, because this is the time where we honor uh, the people who have passed on, and especially in the, in the Southern Hemisphere where they, they celebrate Dia de los Muertos, where you, you go to the cemetery and your ancestors come back. Some tribes see their ancestors every day in the sunrise and the sunsets. So we're not afraid to see our ancestors and feel them around us because we've grown up with it for thousands of years. But when you add it to the American lore, it gets kind of creepy to people. You know, when you say, yeah, well, I saw my grandmother and she was fine. She came to me in a dream and she told me what to do. Same thing with my mom. You know, we have all these stories that go on and on. So I don't, I understand why everybody's fascinated with it, but it's just the tip of the iceberg when you think about the thousands of years that have gone on and, you know, uh, totally, uh, you know, unfiltered. So there was everything that you can imagine uh, the good, the, the most cre incredible stories and the most scariest stories of, of, of the ancient beings. There's songs in California where I just came back from where they sing to, there's a song and it's called the Bigfoot song. Um, and, and they sing to Bigfoot. And then over the years, it's kind of, well, well let's talk to the bear. The bear is as big as Bigfoot. So they now we call it the bear song, but originally it was a song about Sasquatch. In the old stories, they saw him or they saw them and they left the, you know, it, they came and went and did their own thing. So we we have a coexistence with with all of these stories, and it's part of our our cust our, our culture be over the thousands of years. Yeah, I mean, the the star people um, that you were mentioning, and and we come from them. I mean, we've always been told that our bodies are made up of basically the stuff of stars uh, molecularly. So that kind of tracks in a way that, that we would be from the stars or the star people, whoever they, they may have been. Um, so I find, I found that fascinating in, in my research. And then there's, there's of course the Sasquatch of it all. You've just mentioned that it's, it's interesting to have a, a thing like that, that has been, 
witnessed or seen or documented in or allegedly seen uh, in almost every state uh, of the contiguous United States and also Alaska. Yeah, there's sightings in Bowie, in Bowie, Maryland of Sasquatch. Yeah. I mean, and it also it, it strikes me as interesting as almost every major lake or big bay of water has some kind of alleged larger kind of sea creature in it um, that has been either seen or, you know, people say, I mean, at the Chesapeake Bay, it's, of course, Chessie. Um, and it's, it's interesting because uh, when you break this down to what these things really could be, the possibilities narrow. Um, as far as like, you know, there's, there's eels and things that can grow to 20 or 30 feet long. And, you know, there's usually some kind of natural explanation or origin for the story. Um, but, but the, the stories change and morph as they're passed down, of course. Right. Um, there's the other two big ones that I keep coming into uh, contact with in the research are either Wendigos or Skinwalkers. Do you know anything about those? Well, the the closest I know about the skinwalkers is that when I was when I was a real young boy, I'm talking very very young, my grandmother tried to explain to us the the the, the different kinds of powers that are are in the world, and and she made sure to tell us that don't overthink it, it's don't believe it, but don't disbelieve it. And, you know, in other words, don't let it take over your mind. But there are all kinds of different powers in the world, and there's some people. Who have have uh, the the well, I would say the healers, the people that manage to use some of these earthly powers for good medicine, but some of them at the same time have used it contrary. And and I have a friend that I met. Uh, I was 18 years old, and he was from uh, from the Navajo Nation, uh, and and he he would tell me all the stories about his. I would tell him stories about my grandfather who was a a healer. In Spanish, he was a curandero. So uh, his native uh, world allowed him to understand all the herbs and, and things of the world to, to save people. And, and Benjamin Yazi, this Navajo young man that I knew, he told me about his uncle who, who used his power. People came to him uh, sometimes for revenge. Uh, and people have died as a result of his, his father. And I said, what? And he says, yeah. He says, you know. They, they they use this power, good and bad sometimes. Some bad people have to be put away, and I'm going. And so that was kind of incredulous to me, but he told me about uh, the, the different powers. And then I remembered a story when I was a kid about a man who, who um, uh, he was older, and somebody put a spell on him, and this bad witch who turned herself into a crow every day. And, and when this old man went to the outhouse, the crow would bother him so he couldn't go into the outhouse, and he would uh, do his business in his pants, and everybody thought he was losing his mind. He was crazy, and and one day his his wife followed him out there. This was in 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 California. His wife followed him to the to the outhouse, and the crow showed up, and she grabbed the crow. And in those days, the people's had their stoves outside. She threw it on top of the stove, and the thing screamed like a like a human being. And in the next week, they saw this woman with her hands all bandaged, and so. Everybody knew who she was by that time, right? Right. So, so I mean, I mean, I grew up hearing the stories, and I have to believe them because they were very credible stories, you know. And so, like I say, we've seen this stuff for 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 a long time. Now, the skinwalkers—they use that's—it's been more popularized 
in the Southwest. And I think there was a, a writer, I can't think of his name right now. He wrote a lot about uh, the Navajo cultures and traditions. Uh, God, he was a Western writer. He wrote a bunch of books and, and, and he had a, he had a, a character in him. who was a sheriff. I can't think of it. I have a blank on that. But so they became very popularized in the last 20 years, 25 years in the skinwalkers and the power of people to to change themselves uh, into, uh, you know, animals. And, and that's that's something that we've grown up with listening to. I in, in back of my mind, I didn't believe it, but I, I, I didn't disbelieve it at all. And one time I was in the in the Calaveras uh, big trees. And I and, and I went to go find a place to use the restroom because I was out there. We we're cutting a line on the Pacific Trail fire line. I was with the California Conservation Corps, and I went out to this tree, and I was doing my business. It was cold, and I heard a. I felt something on the side of me. I looked up on top of the tree, and there was. I, I could have sworn there was a man standing on the top of the tree, and then as I looked. I, I looked away and I looked back again, and he was now a, a gigantic owl. And he took off into the into the meadow there, out of the tree. I went back and told a lot of people about it, and they were just amazed. My my roommate, he was amazed that the the, the bird I described was a great gray owl. And then somebody else told me, yeah, he was a shapeshifter. So, you know, it depends on 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 your perspective. But I've seen these things happen. I've heard them happen, and and I and I don't disbelieve them because. Um, uh, you know, everybody knows the the writer. It, I, his name came to me, Tony Hillerman. So if you read a Tony Hillerman book, and you want to learn about skinwalkers and shapeshifters, he does some great stories that explain this unexplainable. You know, like the Sasquatch or the Chessies. People, uh, some people who grew up in this culture believe in it, believe it as real, and some people have seen it. They've sworn they've seen them. Some people have been affected by them by different spells or different, um, uh, you know, spells that they, that they could put on you. If you believe in that stuff, you can be held under the spell. So it's, it's really interesting stuff. I mean, I, I, I would ask people to, to, uh, to read these old books. Tony Hillerman is the first one that comes to my mind. And he wrote a number of books about shapeshifters and skinwalkers. And they do exist in the, in the traditions and cultures of, of the people that understand that there's this other power in the world that people use it for good and bad stuff, you know, and there's, there's it's like the, 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 the good, the good, the, I would say the good witch and the bad witch, right. And it's a modern, right. modern context, but there were people who used this power uh, to heal. My grandfather healed many, many people were always at our house. When I grew up, there was always people over our house and my grandfather, I, sometimes I got to go out with him to the, to the, out into the uh, countryside to collect the herbs that were growing them by the creeks and, and brooks and things of, um, of San Diego County. So I, I got to see some of that up close. I saw the good side of it and I heard about the bad side of it through all the stories I grew up with. So uh, if you grew up with it, you have to believe it because it's, it makes sense to us because everything is alive in the, in the world, in our world, in the, in the native indigenous frame of mind everything is alive in the world and that includes the cosmos you know they say when you look up into the stars and you see the milky way and beyond we're looking at the infinity of, of the world but also looking back into our own bodies through our through the tiniest molecules it's the same distance in the in the universe as we're looking out there is inside of us so we're looking at a mirror 
of our insights. So, so it's, we're, we're very tied into the cosmos and it's fascinating uh, to read about this stuff. If you, you know, I didn't get a chance to study this until I got to college and I just kept reading about it and taking classes because I grew up with this stuff and then to see the academia is trying to put a spin on it. But there are some wonderful writers out there um, who, who write about this stuff and, and some uh, great Native American writers uh, that turned me on to a lot of this is uh, uh, Gregory Cajete, uh, C-A-J-E-T-E. And he wrote about Native science. And, and I wrote, I started reading him about 1990 because all the stories that he told came, hit my heart. And I knew these stories, but he, he used the, the, the Native science version of explaining this stuff because uh, science is, 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 uh, is, the basis for science is, is observations. And we've had thousands of years of observations. So we have words to describe every part of the, of the, of the season, every part of, a, of, of any season of the day. There's languages and words that explain. In Hawaii alone, they have seven words that describe the various tides. And so everybody has descriptions and in you know, the Haudenosaunee up in the in the Great Lakes area, they have a, when they see the dandelion, they know it's time to go catch the sturgeon. So we're all tied into this living world. And some of it's fascinating and some of it's scary if you didn't grow up believing in it, you know? I'm not afraid of it, but I can imagine how it could scare the heck out of people that where my dad lives up in the, in the mountains where he lived, he passed away, but my family still lives there. There's a there's a hospital there that it, it's the most haunted one of the most haunted places in California. It's on the on the books. It's called the Stony Brook Retreat, and that's where my family lives. And and in the 20s and 30s, it was a hospital, and a lot of people died there, and a lot of people died from fright. And, and there was a real terrible earthquake in 1938 or 39 that people died from the fright. And there's a woman that looks for her her kids every night in that children's hospital area. We call it the North Unit. And Obama turned it into a national uh, park. So we, that place is a real famous place in California lore. People come there all year round, especially this time of year, hoping to see ghosts. We've all seen them. My dad has run into them sitting in his car. They, they just appear in his car. <laughs> and it, it's just crazy. I mean, I, I started getting excited you know, when he when he tell these stories instead of scared. I mean, it's scary when it first happens to you, but my dad's been in sitting in his car at two o'clock in the morning doing guard duty uh, at the you know United Farm Workers headquarters there, and uh, and all of a sudden there's a man sitting next to him in the car, and my dad was smoking a cigarette one night, and he looked, and the guy looked at him, and the guy just blew the smoke like, and he just disappeared, you know, just unsettling stuff, but it, it um, it's it's crazy to see it, and it's and it's almost exciting to see it and find out about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you used a word earlier that I really uh, loved, and it was the word coexist. And I think that uh, a lot of people probably don't see themselves coexisting maybe sometimes in a world. And I think if you allow yourself to see the coexistence with others and, you know, nature and our world in general, you have a much different perspective and experience because you realize that you are a part of something rather than you being your own, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Island. I'm trying not to offend, you know, anybody who came and colonized, you know, America, but, you know, um, right. a lot of backgrounds feel like it's all about them and there is no general 
togetherness. And so I, I just love that you use the word coexist because I think that opens up a lot of possibilities like your dad, you know, actually allowing himself to be open to this visitation from this person. Exactly. And, you know, he told me about it and he goes, it's just kind of spooky because he didn't expect anybody to be sitting there with him at two o'clock in the morning. But it, in, in, in going back to coexist, that was that was the job of, of the native people, the earliest people. Their job was to learn how to be a human being. I'm talking thousands of years ago because there was no there was no record. Right. So the, the job was how do we become a good human being at the same time, have a relationship with the natural world. Right. So by all these thousands of years of observation and experience, that's where that coexistence with the natural world happened. I mean, think about it. We were here for 15,000 years, 20,000 years. It changes every every time a scientist uh, finds a new bag of bones somewhere. And, you know, they 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 keep changing it. But think about it for, you know, 15,000 years, we've, we've, had, we've looked at the, at the earth the way it is. And now we find out, wow, we've, we've seen it all and we're doing it all. So, you know, we're, we, we've been able to coexist and observe uh, nature in, 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 like I said earlier, in, in the good and the bad and, and everything that, that happens in the, to, the, to the earth happens to us as human beings. So we've seen it all. And, and that those history has been handed down and handed down and handed down. You know, I, I, I tell people one time, I, I was talking to a high school class here in Maryland. And, and I said, when, when we lost a, a, a warrior in, 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 in the battles against when the United States was trying to wipe us out, you know, when we lost somebody, an elder, we didn't just lose an elder, one person. We lost thousands of years of information that they carried that was handed down to them. Mm. So they were they were our encyclopedias. They were our computer banks. They were the, all the information that that, that we had uh, that took us back, you know, fifteen thousand years. So it was it's it's an amazing that we're still here. We're still in existence. And now at the tip of the iceberg, when I said earlier, people are are more interested. And in, as native people, indigenous people. Uh, re, you know, reclaim our voice. We can talk to talk to people about these things, and not in not in a way that that's just salacious or like wow, but this has actually happened. So we have a new a new reference um, come, coming from the indigenous side because we we've been kind of excluded from history from all the history books. Uh, they kind of glossed over quite a bit. So so now we have the opportunity to reclaim our voice and share that. There's a lot of prophecies that tell tell us that it's time to share the knowledge that we've had for thousands of years because of the of the different philosophies and prophecies that have been going on some people because of the earth climate change think this is the the seventh generation in in the navajo world and the hopi world this is the fourth world the fifth world and there's two more worlds to come so this is a, an exciting time to start thinking about other perspectives about you know our position here in life you know, we were here for 15,000 years and we kind of left the earth the way it was. But in the less than 200 years, we've managed to ruin the earth that's been here for thousands of years. We've 200 years and we spoil the waters, we spoil the air. We, you know, we're cutting down, we're, we're losing species, we're losing animals, we're losing the fish. And we have to do something about it. And that's where we all come together. There's a prophecy the Ojibwe had, it's a thousand year old prophecy. And they say in the, in the seventh fire, this is this time they believe, the elders believe it's, this is the set time of the seventh fire, that all the young people of the world, the different colors will come together and share their knowledge 
to help save the world from itself. And if we can't do this, then we're going to go down the wrong road. And, and that's why this is a great time to talk about our differences and how we need to share and coexist with each other because we only have one earth and all of us have, and some of us have been here longer than others, but, and we need to share that information. So we all work together to have a, a great world, you know? Yeah. I mean, it occurs to me, even in you saying that, that we forget that the earth was once Pangea um, all together. Yes. And then it split apart. Mm -hmm. It moved the, 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 the mountains over here in Virginia are part of the Scottish mountains, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So there's, there's some great some great connections we have to one another, and we just we, we've had to live uh, with what we have. And when the Earth spaced itself out, there was a, the cold that came. There were still people that lived during the Ice Age. It was not uninhabited. There was there was there was you know thousands and thousands, if not millions, of people living in North and South America uh, during the Ice Age that that existed, and, and they shared information. I mean, I I'm I'm always fascinated by by the the mines five you know uh, it, you know it took a thousand years to develop the corn i mean from a from some kind of a grass man created the corn and that corn we gave to the world and the whole world eats corn now you know so that was created by man corn can't exist without man so there's a symbiotic relationship between us and nature and the natural world we help create something with the natural world that feeds us so there's some great great stuff that's gone on and I think I encourage people to, to, to read up and buy books, uh, not, not on the internet so much and like um, you know, social media, but you know, you know, spend some time uh, finding writers who write really good stuff about history and look for native writers. You know? and I, think, I think this is a great time for us to share this information, even, even the spooky stuff, you know? I jump at, at, at scary movies when I'm sitting in the theater and something happens. I, I've jumped through the ceiling sometimes, and I, we all, we all get, we're human, so we all have those, when we're not ready for it and something happens, it's scary, right? I mean, I, uh, I, we were camping, I have to share with these, we were camping down in Southern Maryland, and I live in Calvert County, and I took, I, I run a Boy Scout crew, so we were camping, and the adults were on top of the hill, and the, and the scouts were down below about 50 yards away in the bottom of a hill, we were on top of a hill. In the middle of the night, I heard these kids playing, and I texted my son, who was one of the patrol leaders, and said, hey, who's up? And I was really angry. I said, lights out. It's, it's 12 o'clock at night. We're supposed to be asleep. He goes, Dad, there's nobody outside playing. And I go, who are those kids making all that noise? Dad, there's nobody. He's texting me. He goes, Dad, there's nobody outside. I go, oh. So, so then I, I fell back asleep, and then I woke up again. I heard some crying. And I said, I text my son. I said, are you up? And he goes, yes. He goes, who's crying? Dad, there's nobody, there's nobody outside. I said, I can hear, you hear him crying? He goes, yes. And I go, okay. So. Uh, not <laughs> one just, of our party. <laughs> yeah. So there was some spirit kids out there in this, it used to be, it was an old farm that's been there since the 1700s. And we're, this lawyer that owns this land, it's right next to the, um, the chestnut uh, land over there. And we camped on the edge of it near the, near the creeks. And uh, I said, oh, okay. So now I knew that that place, I've been back there and, I, and now I can look for the signs of, of the spirit world there because it's really strong. And I've gone hiking at night with the, with the scouts and we went down this one pathway. There was an old house. It was just almost crumbling down. And 
It must have been a you know a couple hundred years old, just piles of wood. And my legs got really cold. We were all wearing shorts. It was summertime. And my legs got super cold. And I looked at the other adult. I said, let's turn around. I don't think they want us here right now. So we turned around and we went back to the campsite. <laughs> and, and I tell you, I, you know, I have to lay there and, and get the wits about me because yeah, I, I, I experienced that before. And I know what that, that feeling was that there was somebody else there. And uh, I said, okay, I don't want to bother them. Leave them alone. Let's go back. And so we moved and we moved on back to the campsite. So I've experienced those things even here in Calvert, so in Maryland. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's amazing to, to know that um, this stuff exists because we don't talk about it a lot. We see it we, once a year in Halloween, right? Right. We start talking about the spirit world. Uh, and, and even then, it's, 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 it's the joking side of the spirit world, right, with pumpkins and all that. But there is that there is that power there, that spirit world that we don't get to see because uh, we don't think about them and we don't pay attention to to the fact that they're there and they are. Yeah, um, I have a question. Do you have a book? A book? Well, you said people should be reading. I'm wondering if you have a book. and If you don't, uh, should you write one? You know, you're not the first one to tell me that. I could write a lot of stories, and I've always tried to figure out where am I going to start this story from. And, I, you know, it would be an autobiography of me and, and the life that I've seen, the things that I've seen over my lifetime. And, it's, and uh, I, I would love to write a book about these stories. Uh, I know I, I encourage other people to read this stuff because I've read other people's books. Um, on, well, on, you, when you mentioned that the elders, when an elder was taken... Um, and there goes just this, you know, all this knowledge and it's like, it's like burning down a library. Exactly. I mean, you seem to be quite the library. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of anecdotal stories uh, in my lifetime that I share with people from time to time. It's a lot of, a lot of, a little bit of everything. <laughs> well, not that this should, this should, uh, conversation needs to be about my father, but I did just finish uh, helping him to produce um, his stories uh, of a person of 86 years and leaving behind stories that, um, you know, me and my friend Ryan helped to um, dictate down. But after reading all these stories, I thought, oh, my gosh, these would be gone if something happened to my dad. Exactly. You know, my dad passed away. And before he passed away, I had a, a good 15 years before he passed away that he gave me all these, all his writing, all his stories. And he wanted me to tell his story about his life. He was a bodyguard for Cesar Chavez. Oh, wow. Farm, farm workers. And so my dad, my dad has a, a tons of stories about the things that they did, the exploits and where they went and what happened to them and, <coughs> and the danger side of it and the fun side of it. And he could tell what Cesar's mood in by what kind of music he wanted to play. And my dad was Mike and he said, Michael, Let's put some jazz on. So then my father knew that he was in a real good mood. And then or he said, let's put this on. And my father would go, oh, he's in a bad mood. So he, he could tell. He traveled with him for 20 years. And, he, and I, have, I have a book that I've been writing since I moved here. And uh, I just started bringing it, dusting it off again. And you mentioned about a book. The first book that I will write about are the, the stories that my father gave me and stories that... Uh, I have to finish for him because he gave me just the outlines of some of them. So I, I you're right. I should start writing. Uh, it's I, if I, cause I have a lot of that knowledge stored in my mind 
uh, and I need to share it. You know, I, I played with these young guys in Sacramento and they were they were trying to learn the music that I was playing. And I learned this music from old guys uh, and we played it, you know, we played it. And I teach them. They were punk rockers. They got so excited. I was teaching them ballads and stuff from, you know, the 1940s and 50s. And, and they were like, wow, this is really cool stuff. <laughs> So that's 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 what I, I would agree with, Matt. I think uh, share those stories, tell those stories, tell your fathers then your own, because um, this is this is a you know our our motto this season for season two is never stop questioning, um, and I truly believe that. Like I'm, we're both sponges for knowledge and to try to 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 learn uh, and soak up all we can from anyone we can, just just to kind of learn all there is to know you know yeah you're absolutely right it's it's a good that's a good motto um you know keep asking questions well abby this has been great uh thank you for joining us again yeah thanks so much and uh do you have anything coming up that you want to tell anybody about uh i i did find out that my play will be done next season in omaha nebraska that i wrote during the pandemic so i did, oh, some, did some writing so it's going to be there there we're waiting on the legal contracts and all that stuff. I'm hoping that they hire me to play the lead. I wrote the play so I could have some work. And, right. <laughs> and so there was this elder role, and they did they did two readings, and I was just observing. And then the, they they were killing the elder role, so I asked the producer when we did the the, the last reading, we did some more changes. I said, please allow me to play the elder. So then I did. So now it's on tape. I, we zoomed it. They were there in person. I was here at home. And they had me on a big TV and I talked to the, I was you know, pretending I was there, but uh, I showed him how I thought it, I wrote it, it should be. So I'm, I'm waiting to see if they're going to allow me to play the elder. If not, I'll just be the playwright. But I, I really, really want to uh, play the elder that I wrote. About. You should get uh, right of first refusal, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's important. I'm new to this side of the aisle. Usually I'm just the guy uh, begging for uh, a five and under or. You know, you want me to sing a song? Okay, that's it. That's all. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, keep us posted about that. Definitely, uh, I'm very excited for you. That's awesome to to have your work produced. Is always, you know, the biggest dream because um, it's so much bigger than just a performance, a singular performance in a, you know, you're creating the world. So that's really amazing, Abby. Yeah. Thank you. And it's a great story, too. It's about the current world crisis we're having globally, the climate change taken from an Ojibwe uh, prophecy. So it's a wonderful story. Yeah, I remember you mentioning it in our, our last uh, interview. So it's good to hear there's motion on that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Abby. Well, um, I will be in touch with you at some point, I'm sure, to talk to you about what's going on with the play. But until okay. then, um, take care and have a wonderful holiday season. Yep. Thanks so much. Thank you both, and thank you for having me again. And uh, good night to everyone, and thank you for thank you for listening. <laughs> All right, Abby. Good night. Bye bye. Good night. Bye. So great to talk to Abby again. Thank you so much. It was so fascinating. We are serious about that book. I love all these reoccurring guests that can fit into so many different topics, which is probably a lot of us. Yeah, absolutely. And and 
and just I appreciated the the discussion of, of coexisting and how um, that needs to be uh, talked about a lot more. I think it needs uh, to be a bumper sticker. Coexist. It already is. It already is. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, thanks again, Abby. We look forward to the next time we talk to you and uh, start working on that book. Yep. All right. All right. If you want to know more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. You can also follow us on Facebook under Connor and Smith, again, with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It really does help us out a lot, and we are getting so many listens this season. I'm so grateful to all of you. Please keep passing the word on. It's amazing. Um, we have doubled our listenership in this second season, so thank you. That is all of you. Um, if you want to pick up any uh, merchandise in our merch store, if you take a picture in it, we will include it in our social media and in our newsletter. If you want to sign up for our newsletter, I think that uh, pretty soon I'm going to figure out how to put a link to sign up on the website. Still a work in progress, um, working with MailChimp for the first time. Um, so anyway, as we always say in season two, never, never stop, stop questioning. questioning. Bye, everybody. Bye.